0: This is Incredible Stories Podcast, Episode 26, The Goat Gland Doctor. And hello everyone! It's time for another Incredible Stories podcast. I'm Josh Vierla, your Montebank host, and thanks for being here. I have an interesting two-part story for you today, so this is going to be part one, and next week will be part two. The story today is that of a questionable doctor named John R. Brinkley, and his miracle cure for many things, ranging from dementia to flatulence but mostly he boasted a cure for male impotence in the form of transplanting goat testicles into a male host. That's right, the farmyard critters are precious bits was his claim to fame, fortune, and downfall. On the way, his rags-to-riches-to-rags story is filled with medical quackery pioneering radio exploits and political intrigue both local and international. Hmm, here's what I know. John Romulus Brinkley was born in 1885 to a medical mountain man from North Carolina. And if you were wondering, yes, his middle name Romulus was a reference to half of the mythic twin set noted for founding Rome. Now, his father was John Richard Brinkley, who was, interestingly, a medic in the Confederate Army during the Civil War. But his father died by the time John Brinkley was 10. So, while growing up, young Brinkley always wanted to be a doctor. Probably partly because his father was into medicine, and of course doctors were looked upon as being very honored members of the community. Who wouldn't want to be a doctor, right? So let's go ahead and jump to 1907. Brinkley had married a childhood friend named Sally Wyke, and the two of them fancied themselves as doctors, apparently. You see, they made their living traveling around under the guise of being Quaker doctors. They would go to rural towns and put on a medicine show. These were your snake oil salesmen. Commonly, in the early part of the 20th century, these medicine shows often touted miracle cures and elixirs most robust. Cure any disease, grow any hair. Become young again with only a drop of the water of Venus. Ooh! Step right up, step right up folks, don't be shy. Yes sir, why, Dr. Jimmy's medicine show is here to help! Does the world got you feeling blue? Have your friends turned their backs on you? Do your aches and pains talk to you more than your wife or husband? Fret not, for Jimmy's miracle elixir of life can fix what ails you. Just a small dab behind your ears in the morning, a teaspoon or three in your lunchtime tea, and a smattering on your knees and elbows before bed, and yes siree, you'll be right as rain! Where'd you get that formula there? Let me tell you, mister! This formula was handed down from medicine man to medicine man of the famous Onga tribe from the darkest depths of the Congo which I had the pleasure of meeting during my world travels to find and bring you here today the best and most ancient of secret medicines. Do you know members of the Ungan tribe are said to live 60 years routinely before getting their first wrinkle or grey hair? Yes sir, the secret to their longevity and youthfulness is this here miracle elixir of life. Rather high or low, fast or slow, no matter the time or shine of day, this elixir will be there for you. How much for that bottle? What price would you put on a cure-all from the ancient wisdom of the Congo jungles? Five hundred dollars? Six hundred dollars? Nay, no sir, I'm here giving it away to you for the low, low price of merely two dollars a bottle for eight ounces. Normally, I sell it for $5 a bottle, but my friends, I want you to feel better. Get fixed. Turn your bad luck around more than I want your money. Yes, sir. You, sir, how many bottles can I get you today? I'll take two bottles. Excellent. Hurry what supplies last. The last town I stopped in, we were sold out in 15 minutes. I'll take one. Me too! Here, here, I'll take four bottles! So, after doing this for a bit, he and his wife eventually made their way to sunny Chicago. Here they had a daughter, and Brinkley said, Okay, it's time to take medicine seriously now. And he enrolled in the questionable and unaccredited Bennett Medical College. This school specialized in eclectic medicine, which is a vein of medicine that focuses on botanical remedies and other substances. I guess kind of like what homeopathic medicine is today, or what you would consider that kind of medicine. Anyway, Mr. B went here and he worked as a telegrapher, um, splitting his time from book learnings and working and supporting his family. During this time, though, his debts rose because, you know, of medical school bills, of course, and raising a family, and apparently his wife Sally was a bit of an impulsive shopper. Now, sadly, his wife gave birth to a son who only lived for three days, so I'm sure this added some more to the stress of the family, you know, the debts, the raising of a kid, and then also losing a child. But Brinkley pressed on, with more schooling, and started learning about the benefits of glandular extracts. And these are extracts that come from hormone-producing glands of animals, like cows, pigs, goats. The extracts would come from ground-up or dried tissues of things like thyroids, adrenal glands, or testes. You know, these sort of things. Well, I suppose by now, Sally was getting tired of his medical obsession and growing debt, and she filed for divorce. But Brinkley was like, this, paying for alimony and child support. So he kidnapped his daughter and ran away to Canada, because that's what you do if you're a parent. Well, apparently, Canada declined to extradite Brinkley, and Sally, as a result, dismissed her claims of alimony and child support. So Brinkley, being off the hook, was like, Great, I'll move back to the U.S. now. And he did. And not surprisingly, with any crazy relationship, he and Sally reconciled and resumed their marriage. So now it's 1911, and Brinkley is not quite finished with his third year of study. But Sally decided, you know what? My first inclinations were right. And she left him again. But also, she gave birth to another daughter, which was his, but after this, she moved back to North Carolina. Well, Brinkley was like, geez, that sucks, so he decided to leave Chicago and left to get his family back in North Carolina. And when he did this, he left behind a mountain of unpaid tuition bills. Apparently, he and Sally had an on-again, off-again, on-again relationship. But they were together again, and they bounced around a bit between Florida and North Carolina. And in 1912, he left his family and went to St. Louis. You see, he wanted to resume his medical studies. But because he didn't pay his bills at Bennett Medical College, they refused to release his records to other medical schools. But Brinkley was not so much concerned with this. He went and bought a diploma from an even shadier diploma mill known as the Kansas City Eclectic Medical University, then went back home, and in 1913, Sally popped out another daughter. So now, having three girls, they moved back to Chicago because Brinkley wanted to still become a doctor, and Sally was like, Oh, hell no. And this time left him for good and took the three girls with her back to North Carolina. So apparently Chicago isn't a good place to be alone. So Brinkley moved to South Carolina and partnered with a fellow named James Crawford. And the two of them opened a shop called the Greenville Electromedic Doctors. Catchy, right? So their shop focused primarily on restoring manly vigor. And they would inject colored water into people, saying it was any of an assortment of fancy medicines. And do you know how much they charged for this pseudo-Viagra? 25 old-timey dollars per injection, which is about $630 in today's money. Well, after about two months in town, they had to get out quickly because they failed to pay local merchants for rent, utility, and supplies, etc they shortchained something like 30 to 40 of the local businesses. Well, they escaped and ended up in Memphis, which was an old stomping ground of Crawford. Here, Brinkley was introduced to a friend of Crawford and daughter of a local physician, Miss Minerva Jones. Oh Minerva, we'll just call you Minnie. So after a lengthy four-day courtship, Brinkley and Minnie got married. But wait, Josh, did Brinkley ever officially get divorced from Sally? Nope. But shh, don't tell anyone. Although this will come up a little bit later. Shortly after getting married, Brinkley was arrested in Knoxville, Tennessee, and extradited to Greenville, South Carolina, where he and partner Crawford had their scam medical practice. He was jailed for practicing medicine without a license and for bouncing checks. But like lots of jailed people, he claimed he was innocent and this was all really Crawford's fault. So he told police where to find him. I guess snitches don't get stitches in this case. The two of them settled out of court with the merchants they had stiffed, and this came out to several thousand dollars, of which Crawford ended up paying most of this for some reason. So Brinkley gets out of jail and goes back to Memphis to be with Minnie. Guess who showed up? That's right, Sally. Apparently, the first wife didn't take kindly to her man remarrying without a proper divorcing, and told Minnie that she done got hitched to a bigamist. But Brinkley was like, this chick be following me like Craig Craig. Let's move to Arkansas. So they moved to Arkansas and he was able to get an undergraduate license to practice medicine in which he advertised his expertise in treating diseases of women and children. I guess diseases like the short seas and the monthly rages. So at this time he was making some good money and decided to join the Army Reserve Medical Corps, probably to bolster his credentials. So now it seems Brinkley was getting on his feet. He made enough money to pay the owed tuition to Bennett Medical University. Yay, his academic records from a questionable medical school could now be shared with other questionable medical schools. So he moved again, this time to the barbecue Kansas City and enrolled in the eclectic medical university where he could finish his last remaining year of medical training. He graduated in 1915 and a diploma from the prestigious Eclectic Medical University allowed him to practice medicine in eight states. Ooh. So he took a job as a company doctor for Swift and & Company. And Swift & Company was a meatpacking plant. And here he patched minor wounds of the workers and also got the added perk of studying animals. Now, there was a particular line of thought amongst the people in the meatpacking industry, and that was the mighty goat was the healthiest animal that ever went to slaughter. So Brinkley was like, Hmm, I'll just put that in my pocket for later. But first, let me take care of this bigamy thing. So Brinkley filed for divorce from Sally, and in 1916, it was finalized. So four days later, he married Minnie again, to make it legit. Although to note, he did not wait the required six months after a divorce to get married again, so not sure if it was legal, but oh well, who cares. This was the time of quackery and poor record keeping anyways. Let's jump to 1917. Brinkley went on to serve a bit, like a couple months, during World War I, but due to a quote, nervous breakdown, he was discharged, and this time his wife and he moved to the bustling Milford, Kansas, which today boasts a population of around 600 people. Woo dog it! Now the decision to move here was twofold. One, Kansas was one of the eight states he could practice medicine in legally, and two, he saw a newspaper ad stating the town needed a doctor. So no brainer, let's move there. So by 1918, Brinkley had opened a 16-room clinic in Milford, and the locals just loved him. He paid good wages, which helped everyone out, he made house calls, and treated with surprising success patients who were suffering from the flu, as in the 1918 flu pandemic. Now a bit of a side note on the 1918 flu pandemic, it infected 500 million people worldwide and killed between 3-5% of the world's population at the time. So it killed between 50 and 100 million people. Interestingly, the disease was first observed in Haskell County, Kansas. So right in his neck of the woods. So Doc Brinkley was seemingly making positive headway as a small town doctor, gaining a good reputation. And this was the time he decided to go all mad scientist how his first goat gland transplant went down differs slightly depending on if you believe the biography he commissioned or the son of his first patient. Now, according to Brinkley, he said that the patient came to him asking if he could treat sexual weakness. And Brinkley said he made a joke like, you know what, you wouldn't have any sexual problems if you had a pair of goat balls in you. Ha ha! To which the patient said, Doc, yes, that. Please, please, please. Operate on me and give me some of those goat glands." Now, according to the patient's son, though, Brinkley had offered to pay his father generously if he could do this experiment on him. Either way it went, it doesn't matter, the operations happened. At any rate, Brinkley said he performed the first operation at the bargain price of $150, or in today's money, about $2,500. And for that price, I hope he threw in some baby goat PJs And if you don't know about Baby Goats and PJs, I'm going to link a video in the show notes, and it is really adorable. So, you know, get ready to just watch that all day. Well, word soon got out that Doc Brinkley could bring back your male sexual power by implanting goat testicles. Soon he was doing operations on men at a cost of $750 per operation, or in today's money that would cost you about $12,000. A small price to pay to get your horniness back. And I think this is a good place to stop this week. But make sure to check out next week's episode where we'll get into Brinkley's growing goat gland empire and fortune, his wily use of the radio and advertising, and the political hellabaloo that involved Congress, the Governor of Kansas, the State Department, and Mexico. And of course, his inevitable collapse but before I leave you this week, I'd like to make a small transplant of my own in the form of a haiku. I enjoy goat cheese. I also enjoy goat milk, but not goats in me. And that's all the time this week. Check out our main site for other Incredible Stories on incrediblestoriespodcast.com. Send me an email or haiku or a show suggestion at contact at com, Or you can go to our main website and fill out the form. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at IncredPod. Rate us on iTunes and peep us out on YouTube and Stitcher. For Incredible Stories Podcast, I'm Josh, and remember the journey of a thousand tales begins with the first word.